All right, folks, welcome to a brand new show right here on Silver Screen Previews. I'm talking about Splatter Vision. Yes. Welcome to Splatter Vision. I'm your host, Rob Martin. And on the other side of the glass, we have Amy the Conqueror, an expert on uh, horror films, as you could probably tell by her uh, by her wall and her background. Welcome to the show, Amy. Ah, thank you. Nice to be here. That's great. Hey, uh, so how did you get started in horror films? How did you get, uh, what was like your first recollection of a horror film? Um, the first one I remember seeing is Prom Night. And Prom. I was, you know, very young because that was 1981 or something. And I remember sneaking out and hiding around the corner while my older siblings watched it and being really freaked out by the opening sequence. So, oh. I loved it. We have four films. Let's get started. What do you say there, uh, Amy? I'm ready. All right, first film up to bat is The Runner. The Runner is directed by Boy Harsher, which is a band. Uh, Jay Matthews, Augustus Miller, and it's on Shudder. Uh, it stars uh, Chris Esfandiari and Cameron Findlay, Cooper B. Handley, uh, B.B. Handley, and uh, James Duvall is in this. Wow, okay. A strange, bloodied woman travels to a secluded rural town. And what is she up to? Well, uh... Let's just say that she's not there to see anybody that she knows. All right, so that's uh, The Runner. It's a short film, just to let you know. It's about 38, 39 minutes long, and uh, it's in release now on Shutter. So if you want to catch it, see it there. All right, Amy, your first impression on this film. Um, I thought it was cool. I mean, it's definitely an art house kind of thing. Um. It seemed, it's obviously they're musicians, so it was more of a music video feel. Yeah. Um, but I, I dug that. I thought that was cool. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't know so much what the story was. They didn't seem to have a beginning, middle, or end to it. But I, I enjoyed it for you know what it was. It was entertaining. I think it was well shot. And I, I definitely liked the music. I wasn't familiar with their music before. You know, nobody talked in this film. I mean, what was going on with that? It was just body language and and shock value and killings. Does this remind you of anything you've ever seen before, maybe? Not that I can think of. Not as far as, um, I mean, yes, I've watched movies that don't have a lot of dialogue, but the, the music video style of it was something new. Um, Do you remember so, uh, Night Train to Terror? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I can, now you got that song stuck in my head. You don't even have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. My apologies. Yeah, so you have some kind of similarities in that they're they're playing music in the film, and it's a horror film. Right. Um, yeah, I guess that one kind of is, is similar in that they just throw little music video interludes into it. Um, Definitely. To, to the basic story, but that was more of an anthology. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, it didn't really have a linear storyline or anything. It just no. kind of had some scenes and some... Music. Yeah, I found that the end credits were more explanatory of the whole film than the rest of the film. Did that make yeah. any sense? wasn't quite sure what the, the point of the story was, but I was along for the ride. I thought it was cool. I thought there was some good scenes, and I, I liked I liked it. I did. It's probably... I don't know if I'd run out and buy a copy of everything. <laughs> right. No, it's, it's kind of hard when you have a woman just walking through the woods. She, she spends almost 100% of the time with a bloody shirt. She she gives clues at there's clues at the beginning of this, where she's in some kind of motel room or house, and you see bits and pieces of a guy laying there on the chair with you know obviously blood all over him. It seems to me that 
she either stabbed him or killed him in a way that was so grotesque that they didn't want to show it. Is it something where this killer is possessed, you think? Or was it something that she just was a demon? Yeah, I mean, that was hard to say. I would, I would say going with the demonic aspect of it, because they kind of alluded to that in a way. Um, yeah, so I, I think she was supposed to be some sort of supernatural kind of creature. She had fangs, right? Some psycho. She had teeth, no? Um, yeah, no? yeah, yeah. She, she seemed to change a little bit and not, you know, yeah. especially when she was attacking. But yeah. she didn't run at all, so it was a confusing title. Right, yeah, what was she running from? I think she was the, she just said, like the attacker instead of the runner. Yeah, I mean, she had running shoes on, but she didn't yeah. really run a lot. She she danced some. And, <laughs> yeah, I know, love that scene. Watch some TV. <laughs> watch some yeah. TV. Watching a music video <laughs> that the guys that were directing yes. this was part of it. Okay, so... <laughs> Uh, I enjoyed it a little bit. Uh, I, I kind of went halfway because I wanted it to be a full film. It wasn't, so it kind of like gave us something that was there uh, to grab onto. And I felt that if this this could have been like a ninety minute movie, maybe they would have had something even bigger than what they had. I don't know if you agree with that. No, I do. Um, like I said, they didn't have a beginning, middle, or end. It was just scenes. Yeah. Um, and we didn't really know. They didn't really tell us what was going on. Um, but that happens a lot with art house films and. You know, they seem like a an odd duo. So, this, you know, I'm up for anything. This was filmed, by the way, in uh, what's it called? Oh, Florida, Maine, in the woods in Maine. So, just to oh, let okay. you know, people thought like, oh, this must have been filmed in North Carolina, Virginia. No, in Maine, so to speak. So, I mean, production values. They probably spent maybe you know twenty grand, thirty grand on this total, and then they came out with this. So good for them. They they got a, a got a hit with uh, Unshutter, right? I, I would think so. So. Yeah, and maybe it will go into a, a full feature if, you know, That's there's right. enough interest out there. The Runner 2, maybe. Yes. Maybe, just maybe. <laughs> All right, so very good. Let's move on to our second film tonight on, uh, on I was going to say Silver Screen Previews. I'm so used to saying that. I'm sorry. It's Splatter Vision for tonight. Uh, this is Jack in the Box uh, Awakening. Awakening, yeah. So this is directed by Lawrence Fowler. It's on Prime Video, Voodoo, iTunes. It uh, stars Matt McClure, James Swanton, and Molly Hindle. When a vintage jack-in-the-box is opened by a dying woman, she enters into a deal with the demon. Okay, so this is the setup, and here's a little, a little snippet of this thing. It's called Jack-in-the-box, The Awakening. All right, check this out right here. Oh, I feel so bad for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well... Looks like he was hungry, uh, to say the least. I think that in this case... With uh, Jack in the Box, I didn't even know there was a Jack in the Box movie series. So apparently, this is part two. Did you ever hear of this, uh, uh, Amy? I did not, and I'm you know glad I didn't have to see part one to keep up with this one. Um, but I would check out part one now, actually. Oh, interesting. <laughs> All right. So, what was your opinion in uh, I guess your synopsis or review of uh, Jack in the Box? And this is not related to the the chain of of, of, uh, of fast food restaurants on the West Coast, by the way. <laughs> right. Um, I was surprised by this one because I thought it would be like I had in mind a, like super low budget kind of full moon features kind of thing just because it seems like they would make something like this. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was you know I thought it was well done. It actually surprised me that I enjoyed it as much as I did. <laughs> I, I really didn't think I was going to. Surprise. Um, just based on the synopsis and well, I like the story. I, I like you know the English countryside and the manor house and I you know I dig that kind of stuff so. Didn't it remind you a little bit of, of the house in Spookies? Yes, it did. A little bit? Just a little bit? I like this one better than 
and Spookies, but oh, well, I'm, I'm on my own there. I know a lot of people love Spookies. I know they do, yeah. And, uh, as far as I know, that's somewhere in New York State where I am. So yeah. maybe I'll go to the house someday. <laughs> oh my God, I feel so bad for you. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's haunted for real. Who knows? Uh, could be. <laughs> Yeah, that's in Westchester, I believe. No, it's it's yeah, it's yeah. up there. It's somewhere up there. In total, was the mon- did they, you think that they spent enough money on the monster makeups or on the story itself? By the looks of it, uh, I would say the story. Um, I thought the acting was really good. I, I actually enjoyed the characters. Yeah. I liked how the Edgar kind of changed throughout the movie a little bit. I know we're spoiler free, right? So you can't give too well, much away. I mean, look, if you if you if you can stand uh, the first fifteen twenty minutes of this one, then you pretty much know what's going to happen. Once they start giving you the, the Jack in the Box itself, and you start seeing a dial with six numbers, so I'm like, okay, they just ate. He just ate, or it just ate the first thing, uh, first thing, the first person, and that clocks over to one. And then you have number two, another eating process. Uh, you know, no regurgitation, just straight eating the, the, the body into into the box. I don't know how he eats it, but whatever. Uh, you get to part two, and then you get to three, and so you get the idea. This is no mystery. It's you, you know, a child could figure out. Yeah, a child could figure out this story. A uh, Jack in the Box, part two or Awakening. Uh, saying hello to Son X Comics. Hello, welcome to the show. This is Splatter Vision, our first episode with uh, Amy the Conqueror on the other side of the glass. Amy, uh, Amy, what is your your social media again? What is it? Uh, it's just Amy the Conqueror. Very simple. <laughs> you see, we don't try to make it complicated for people. Uh, Amy the Conqueror on Instagram. Follow her, and uh, yeah. you get to see her. Uh, array of intelligence when it comes to all films, horror films. You see her posters in the background. Oh my God, those are uh, immaculately uh, uh, preserved. Which is the oldest one back there? Um, well, that uh, Motel Hell one is a is a one sheet from the original one sheet. So that's mm. that's probably the that's all. oldest. That is expensive. Wow, I can I can only imagine how much it costs. <laughs> so yeah, kudos to you on that. Look, I thought that. In this one, uh, Jack in the Box Awakening, it reminded me a lot of Psycho, being that you have the the mother do- uh, mother son relationship like Norman Bates and Psycho, only that they are not they're not using uh, they're not using Norman Bates as the killer. They're using the Jack in the Box as the killer to do the work for the guy. So I saw a direct correlation with that. It's like, okay, wait a minute, I see that, I see that. Mother, I, I can't live without you. <laughs> Yeah, for crying out loud. What is it about these kind of films that I guess draws, maybe it draws in kind of like the same kind of guy that's that has that kind of relationship with his mother? Like, oh my God, I can relate to this film. I love my mother. I would do anything for her. I don't know. I'm playing, of course. We're not, we're not trying to suggest that you get a monster and put him in a box and just feed people into him to just get whatever wish you want. No, uh, that's not the idea. So that's uh, Jack and... Cool, what was that? It'd be kind of cool, though. <laughs> it would be. Yes, it would be. It would be tons of, uh, I'm sure, uh, cops all over the house. Let's move forward as we do our next film, our third film tonight on Splattervision, our debut episode. This is uh, Hellbender. Hellbender. And it stars, let's see, Zelda Adams, Toby Poser, Lulu Adams. And it's directed by Tony Poser, Zelda Adams, and John Adams. I don't know if that guy's part of the... You know, Declaration of Independence, but uh, it's on Shutter and it's out today. The story is as follows: A 16-year-old Lizzie, I'm sorry, Lizzie Izzy, 
suffers from a rare illness that keeps her isolated on a mountaintop with her mother. As she secretly befriends Amber, a newfound happiness is derailed after she eats a live worm as part of a juvenile game and develops an insatiable hunger. Hellbender! Hellbender! All right, so, uh, Amy, your opinion of Hellbender. I really like this one. I, I thought it was great. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked the look of it, the cinematography. I liked the actors. I especially liked the mother character. Um, the only thing I didn't like as much was the ending. Um, I wanted it to go a different way because I really liked the characters so much. Um, but I love the witchcraft element and what direction they took that in. Um, yeah, I was a fan of this one. I liked the music. I liked that they were in a band and they wore makeup like they were in Kiss or something. I just really liked it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I <laughs> it could... It makes me want to see their other stuff. I know they did um, The Deeper You Dig, and I haven't seen that yet, so oh. I'm to track that down. What is it about? Okay, now I've never seen this kind of scenario where where there's a mother daughter scenario, and they're into a band, but yet the mother is some kind of evil witch or, or dark witch, I should say, and she's uh, and she's got her daughter who has the same powers. I don't think that's ever. Maybe Carrie could be maybe an analogy. Yes. Well, maybe except for I don't think Carrie's mother had any powers, but they they were isolated and only yes, living. That's true. Yeah. yeah. You know, the two of them and a very controlling mother. Yeah, no, and, and this really, that was the, the religion was the factor there. Here is just dark magic that's the uniter. Also, could you get the part where she like touches the what do they say? She touches the book and all sorts of visions happen into her mind. Do you think that she was predicting the future there in a way? I think they could pick, predict the future but also see into the past because um, the daughter touched the book and saw the past so she saw what her mother had done. And then her mother saw into the future by looking at the, the book to see what her daughter is going to do. And so I think it could go either way. I was really scared by that moment in the woods. This is during the uh, the beginning of the second act of the film. Where she's already friends with Amber and all of a sudden they get caught in the pool. And they're now all of a sudden running away from the owner into the woods. And they're alone, one-on-one. And she looks weird at Amber. I'm talking about Izzy. So she kind of freaks out, and she and Amber doesn't take it serious until Izzy begins to choke her, uh, and that leads to a lot of different things, or open plot holes during the rest of the second act into the third. Do you believe that the sheriff that they encountered toward the uh, middle of the second act was something that should have solved something, or he should have been more suspicious of them than he was, just playing it off? He definitely should have been more suspicious of them. I, I hike quite a bit, and if I came across those two in the woods, I would be very suspicious. And Is I'm it... not a forest ranger or law enforcement of any kind, um, but I'd like to think I would be like, there's something a little off with you two. Yeah, it's not it's not the mom's hair either, because it's got very permed. Is it? Is it? Is it because it was too frizzy? Maybe that kind of looked like she looked like a witch? Maybe? I don't know. I think they were going for that, yeah. I mean, she clearly had a naturally curly... Do and yeah. it was, I think, meant to look wild. I'm sure she keeps it a little tamer yeah. in real, real life. But. I love how out of place she was when she went into town, and she just seemed like like oh, very like a like a normal person, until she stands in the middle of that one uh, business that was I guess closed up, and she's just staring up. I'm like, okay, that's not the behavior of a normal person. Uh, I didn't get that. <laughs> She's definitely not a normal person. No, not somebody that drips blood out of their mouth into uh, into her hands. Like, <laughs> what was it, cranberry juice? Yeah, 
Well, there was some blood. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're an expert of seeing blood, obviously. Uh, did, did this There's rank? Yeah. Did this rank up uh, as cranberry blood, fake like cherry syrup blood? What kind of blood was this for you? Yeah. I mean, the first time they did the the blood coming out of the mouth, I wasn't sure if it was blood or berries because she was mixing everything together. So it took me a minute, and then when the daughter did it, they were somehow cutting their own mouths. Yeah. And spitting blood into a berry mixture. <laughs> into into so. a berry mixture. It makes it sound like it's a damn Slurpee. Uh, that sounds really nice. It look like it. And then they're drawing designs of the, you know, the, the pentagram and the circles, and then they put like chicken chicken fl- uh, feathers and things. I'm like, I'm like what is yeah. this? But then again, it but goes. How, yeah, go ahead. How they were surviving on that food is beyond me. The pine cones and <laughs> moss or whatever they were eating, I was like. Oh, that looks tasty. I no. mean, I have no problem with vegetarians. I love vegetables, but that did not look appealing. That did not look like the breakfast of champions, for, to say the least. No. Not at all. Uh, I didn't. I just could not understand that. It was it was so weird. But I liked it. I liked that as well. So I recommend that one as well. Uh, Hellbender. It's on. Uh, it's also on Shutter. So check that out. It stars uh, the the Adam sisters and Toby uh, Toby, Toby Poser. She was not posing at all. She was very witchy. Uh, yes. yes. So definitely check that one out. Hellbender. It'll draw you for a loop, to say the least. Uh, saying hello to Cinemaster97. Thank you for joining the show tonight on uh, Splatter Vision, our first episode with Amy the Conqueror on the other side of the glass. It's Amy underscore the underscore conqueror uh, underscore? No? No? Just, oh, just, just two underscores. Okay, okay. I'm making sure. And that's on Instagram, so you can follow her there. For all her expert uh, in uh, expertise in movies and films in the horror genre, of course. All right, let's move forward. Our fourth and final film tonight on uh, Splatter Vision is Studio Six Six Six, the Foo Fighters horror film. Yeah, this is directed by a B.J. McDonald, and it stars the Foo Fighters: Whitney Cummings, Will Forte, Leslie Grossman, and Jenna Ortega. The Foo Fighters move into an Encino mansion steeped in grisly rock and roll history to record their much-anticipated tenth album. Slowly, Dave Grohl finds himself grappling with supernatural forces that threaten both of them. Uh, all the lives of the band, of course. So this is the uh, little snippet from Studio Six Six Six. What is in there? It's got to be blood, right? No? Well, it's not going to be syrup. I, you know. Yeah, there it is. Okay, so that's uh, that's Studio 666 out today in theaters in a limited release basis. Yes, so you can check that out at your local uh, theater. Uh, check for showtimes and areas showing the film Studio 666. The Foo Fighters. Amy, have you listened to any Foo Fighters music? Oh, of course I have. Of course you have. Okay, what did you think about this delving into the horror realm of movies for the band? Well, it's totally up my alley. I love rock and roll horror. I love horror com- comedy. This is kind of like a slapstick kind of thing. Um, yes. And I, I like the Foo Fighters. They're not my favorite band or anything, but I, I, I enjoy them. So, yeah, this is this is cool. Was, this was a good idea. Now, now we, we've seen comparisons. Okay, now Rob Zombie has done films not about him, Doing a horror, I mean, it's it's him doing a horror movie with other people in it and a story, not right. not self contrived like like this one with the Studio Six Six Six. Are there any other? Well, it's kind of like um like like John Michael Thor in okay. Rock and Roll Nightmare. Yes, um, good comparison. Yeah. So you know, 
I, I love those movies. They're not for everybody. All right. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> uh, the, the effects in this movie were much better than, uh-huh. say, Rock and Roll Nightmare, but, you know, Definitely. I'm a fan of both. That's the idea. You, you think about it, you, could you draw any comparison with uh, Tommy a little bit in, in parts of Tommy with this? No? Maybe? No? Maybe not? Um, God, it's been so long since I saw Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I it's... remember liking it. Um, it's Ken Russell, so I'm a fan of him. Oh, okay. Uh, I, yeah, but it's been so long. <laughs> you know, you have a silly, you have a lot of gore in this. Uh, it, there is a lot of silliness to this film. It's not really meant to be a serious film because there's a lot of comedy in it. I would think to, to say to myself, they invested time in this, obviously, during the uh, pandemic to make it. And they tried hard because this one kind of reminds me of a bit of, uh, I guess it has some portions of it uh, being uh, till du- from dusk till dawn in a way. Because the, the lead characters transform into kind of demonic figures and that being the band of the Foo Fighters. That kind of drove me for a loop. Uh, it's something that you really don't expect uh, not many bands will go into horror, although this actually might start a new trend. Who knows? Uh, next thing you know, the, the Rolling Stones might do one. Who knows? I'm all for it. As long as, it, as, long as it's not in sync. What, what was that? I said everybody should do horror. Yeah, exactly. No, everybody should do one at least. Uh, Amy, uh, closing thoughts on, on uh, Studio 666. Uh, would you recommend it for the viewing audience out there? Evil Dead 2, or just comedy, slapstick, or even just the Foo Fighters, then yes, absolutely. Excellent. All right. I also gave it, say, give it a check out. You never know if you might like it or not, especially when it has to do with the band and and the mixture of the concept. You never know. It might be good for it's you. It's not taking itself serious. So. Yeah. As long as, as long as you don't think it's, you know, the Exorcist or something like that, just think yeah. of it for what it is. You know, it's nothing out of the ordinary. All right, let's do a quick review of the uh, four films we reviewed here tonight on Splatter Vision. First of all, uh, The Runner. Uh, Amy, a quick reflections on The Runner. Um, yeah, I, I think if you like music videos or you like Boy Harsher, I would say definitely give it a watch. It's not a big time investment, uh, under 40 minutes. Um, and it's on Shutter, so if you have Shutter, check it out. Excellent. Uh, I also gave it, a, I guess, a, a thumbs up. Uh, I did like the concept of the film, although I, th- I wished it would have been longer. Who knows if they might do a longer version of this or do a part two to it because they were, I think they were on to something here, being that there were always, almost no dialogue or no dialogue at all, and, and they had a concept here. It was like Michael Myers, only the female version without a mask, kind of. I don't know, maybe. Kind of. Our second film tonight was uh, Jack in the Box, Awakening, the part two of this film series. Uh, Amy, quick thoughts on Jack in the Box, Awakening? Uh, I would recommend it. I was surprised. I didn't think I was going to like it. Um, I actually did. And if there is a first Jack in the Box movie, I'm going to track it down and watch it. Um, I thought the acting was good. I thought the the production value was good. The story was, was, you know, nothing new, but interesting. And, you know... The demon's kind of okay. He was a little repetitive, but <laughs> I still enjoyed it. So, yeah. All right, there you go. Uh, I also gave it a, a thumbs up. I say check it out because of the fact that also you have a, a final girl concept here. Molly Hindle is the final girl who is uh, somebody that gets contracted by the uh, by the owner of the house to work in there, and all of a sudden she's running for her life along with everybody else in the house. 
Yeah, nothing complicated. You know what's going to happen, like I said before, be, uh, between 20 and, and 15 and 20 minutes into the film. You know. So it's nothing new, but it's worth a check out. You know, maybe if you're drunk at night, maybe like at midnight or 1 a.m. You know, it's not bad. You know, I've seen worse. It really wasn't. <laughs> there you go. Uh, our third film tonight on uh, Splatter Vision was Hellbender. And uh, Amy, quick thoughts on this one? Uh, this was probably my favorite of the four. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely recommend it, especially, again, if you have Shudder, especially if you like witchcraft or just and it was another movie with a band in it, you know, with good <laughs> music. So that was, you know, that's three out of four for this. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, did you like yeah. this band or did you like the band in uh, The Runner? Um, I like them both and they're definitely different things. Um, I probably liked this band more because I liked this movie more. Very good. I liked and it as well. knowing that the actors actually were singing and playing the instruments made it, you know, yeah. a little better. I thought maybe at first they were, you know, just lip syncing or something and they didn't write <laughs> this music, but they did, so. They did, yeah, that's right. Uh, I like the fact that she bought the uh, the mother in this movie, uh, uh, what's her name again? Uh, Toby Poser. She bought the uh, helmet, or the helmet, the crown, for $75 at that shop. Remember that? <laughs> Would you pay? She's clearly independently wealthy. Yeah, where did she get the cash for that? I thought it was supposed to be a poor town. Just being alive that long, um, being a witch, I guess. It may, you so you telling me that being a witch makes is is a money making operation? Is is that the case here? I I assume you could do some witchcraft to make some money. I maybe just conjure it up. Oh, that is fantastic! I love how the way you think. That is a great idea. You see, very enterprising. Being a witch to make some cash. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I could pull it off, but maybe you could if you wanted to. I don't know. Uh, I'll ask my friends along the way here. Uh, Yeah, Hellbender was good. I gave it a shot. Yeah, I say check it out. Very highly recommended by uh, Amy and myself here on uh, Splatter Vision. And our fourth and final film, it's the Foo Fighters in Studio 666. Amy, your final opinion on this? Uh, I say go for it. Like I said, if you like the Foo Fighters and you like some gore and some fun and you're not looking for a serious, scary movie... Have a beer and watch it. There you go. Uh, I also liked it because I, I draw comparisons to it uh, to, I guess, some like slapstick, kind of gory, kind of funny. You had a mixed mash of everything in there. Uh, yeah. And you really can't go wrong with something like that because of the fact that uh, it's really not been done in the modern times. And I can't think of, besides the, the, the example that you gave, uh, Amy, uh, another, ch- another uh, time that's been done. So yeah. I'd say check it out. No, I mean, it's something different for everybody. Any comparisons to any other films uh, that you've seen uh, with, like, bands that you can think of, anything? There's a movie called Stunt Rock, which has the band Sorcery in it. It's not exactly horror, but it's a it's a blast, and they're part of the movie. I would recommend that. It's, you know, like, not... So there are movies that are like that. Also, you know, Black Rose is... It's not a real band, but a real band does play the music. It's about a band, and it's a horror movie. Something, so. yeah. Well, See, if you're going for actual bands being in movies about themselves, I guess, you know, like I said, John Michael Thor or Stunt Rock with Sorcery would be my two. Which they also did, um, I think it was Rocktober Blood. Excellent. I'm not sure. Sorcery, that is. <laughs> Excellent. All right, so Amy, uh, that wraps up our edition of Splatter Vision. Please give us your social media coordinates so people can follow you and, and, and ask you questions about horror films because obviously you're one of the masters that I've seen online for this. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, hey. I'm at Amy underscore the underscore conqueror on Instagram. Very good. All right. So thank you once again, Amy, for your expert analysis on these four films. Hopefully we'll see you again next month or the month after that. Thank you for having me. 
Excellent. All right, folks. So next time we'll be back on the air here on Silver Screen Previews will be next Friday, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific right here. Follow us on Instagram Live. Uh, you can also check us out. It's Silver Screen Previews. It's one long word. Until next week, uh, the balcony is closed. And thank you for joining us on Splatter Vision.